Hello, hello. Yep. Beautiful. Let's pull up these messages because I texted you. Boom. Okay, actually, let's just do this. What? This all the random shit that we talk about? Yeah. Oh my god, I know. Why is there a fucking mat here? Where? Oh, get him. Oh my lord. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> Knocked everything you didn't even get. It. Okay. Let's do this. All right. Um. Okay. Well, let's do my little intro. Let's do this. Okay, you can see that. Okay, well, hi, hello, everyone. How are we doing? Hi, hello. I'm going to keep saying that. Um, this is another... Oh, God. I'm turning the chair. This is another episode of the Fuck You Mentality podcast. Um, if you guys are not familiar with the Fuck You Mentality, you should go to my page and go look at all that shit. Anyways, um, I have a really cool guest today. Her name is Mises. Um, <laughs> she... Um, she does hair. She's been in the industry for a little while. Um, she's kind of like, okay, at hair, like I'm teaching her a lot right now. And no, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no guys, this is Morella Manelli. She is the OG of business. I think OG of salon business, OG of, um, I don't know. A lot of things. Why don't, why don't you just tell me? Just t introduce yourself. Who the hell are you? Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm not really good at intros, no? but I'm not either. <laughs> So yeah, hi, I'm Marella, and I I usually just start off by saying I'm a salon owner, and I've been a hairstylist for in this industry for, literally for over 20 years, a really long time. 20 years, holy shit. Yep, and I'm a hair educator, so I kind of live online. I love helping hairstylists achieve um, their goals, everything from business down to you know color, just kind of simplifying color, styling, and business. So. Um, I also have a podcast called Airbnb. Mm -hmm. um, I have lots of online courses, a very strong social presence on almost all platforms. <laughs> it's all and, of them. Just don't let it And it's, uh, it's a lot of work. And I'm also a mom of four. And in addition to like, yeah, just keeping all that afloat, I have the salon business running as well. So it's... What are the age differences of your kids? Uh, two to 17. Do y'all hear that? Yeah. Two, would you say two? Two. Two? Two, two? two? No, the girls are two no, and three, right? two and four. Oh, two and four. Yeah. yeah. Camila and Kasima, which is, um, if you guys follow Morella, you probably have seen all of her posts of her doing her daughter's hair. Yeah, I've, we have several viral videos. If there's anything I know how to do is make a viral video with my daughters. <laughs> yeah. All else fails. She knows how to do that. Yeah. Mm. So, the reason why I wanted to bring Morella onto here is because... We have a little project. I'm not gonna say what it is, but we have a we have a project that I'm gonna help her with because she really she really needs to do this project. And I'm not gonna tell you guys what the project is, but just tell her that she needs to do the project. Okay? <laughs> I need everyone to get on my my side about this, okay? Anyways, yeah, I wanted to bring Morella on here because a I value her as an individual, and b I feel like she has um, some really interesting insight on the business that now this might be controversial that most most influencers and most individuals on social media will not share. Um, so I value her authenticity and her, her, her realisticness. Um, so I'm going to start off this, this interview with asking you my first question. It is how did influencing change your career better or worse? And how different is your path because of it? And the reason why I'm asking her this is because the first, uh, when I first started working with Morella, she talked about how long she's been on social media. She's been on social media yes. for a long fucking time. Yes. 
Like, before okay. social media was social media. Yep. So, like, to, and just not to, like, gas her up, but I'm going to because I always do this. But if there's anyone I'm going to listen to, it's Marilla Minnelli. And not because it's Marilla Minnelli, but because of her, her stature and, like, where she lives in the social media world. She did social media before it was cool. Like, before, like, influencing was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was on social media. So, tell me, how did influencing change your career? Well, definitely for the better. <laughs> Love that. Um... Definitely has provided me with so many more opportunities that I never thought that I could even imagine, if that even makes any sense. Um, As a matter of fact, it's kind of hit me even more so this year because each year there's, uh, of course, like monetary growth with doing a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. But it's just kind of uh, changed my life in a way that I can kind of like relax a little bit and not have to worry so much because I'm doing something that I love every single day. And when stuff gets really hard, it's, it's still fun, you know? So that's, um, going from, you know, working a job. Um, and I say that even as a hairstylist, just working a job, like, you know, where you get in that motion of feeling like, you're doing the same thing every single day, the same root touch-ups and, and clients that you don't really like. And you just like have to go to work because you have to pay the bills because you, like for me, it was like I had kids and responsibilities. Um, you know, all of those things are gonna be variable depending on, you know, what your life is like. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're single versus married and all of those things. But for me, I was like in uh, survival mode for most of my career. I was just trying to survive and like afford to live in one of the most expensive states. Um, so, and then have a small family. So yeah, like, you know, just kind of going from this, like I have to work and you kind of like fall out of love with your career Mm -hmm. into, I love what I do now. I still love hair and I am still doing all of that, but I get to share how I do everything with everybody. So yeah, definitely for the better. I don't know if I answered all of that part of that. That was a big question. What else else was there? there? Um, (laughs) it's a loaded question. Yeah. Um, how different is your path because of it? Like, was this, like, when, and obviously this is a no, but when you're going into being a stylist, was your initial end goal, like, what was your initial end goal? Like, just to own a salon and just do hair all the time? Like, was social media, like, one of those things that you were thinking about? Obviously not. Obviously not, you know, It didn't exist then. It didn't, you're right. Um, okay, so this is actually really interesting, and what I'm about to share, and, and this is, like, it does kind of align with what I'm doing okay. in so many ways. Okay. Um, but when I started this industry, uh, I start actually did a. I'm gonna go right to the very very beginning. Okay. Because it, it all kind of matters. Let me put this coffee down. Everyone, uh, <laughs> get cozy. Oh shit, my battery's dying on that one. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Okay. Do you want me to just wait? No, keep going. Because then you can restart that one and that one at the same time. Oh, okay. Stop that. Pause that. Just hit. All right, story time. Go ahead. Tell me a story. Okay, so when I was in high school, I went into this cosmetology program completely by accident in 10th grade. And literally was just kind of like, hey, I'm going to go do this cosmetology program, so that way by the time I'm done with high school, while I'm going to college, I have like kind of like a, a little job, you know, side gig that I can make my own money while I go to school. Okay. That was the initial intention of why I was going to cosmetology school. For side money. For side money. 
So yeah. it wasn't even initially like a career. No, because I was definitely not a girly girl. I had no interest in like hair, makeup, like really? nothing at all. Yeah, really. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Okay. I know. So that was like the whole thing. And so when I started immersing myself into cosmetolo- cosmetology, you know, all of my girlfriends that we went into this program with, they all dropped out. They, they hated it. They were like, we have to wash old ladies' hair for, you know, then that half of our day, like it was disgusting to them. And yeah. they were like so grossed out. And then we had to, you know, you do pedicures. And a lot of the people that would come mm-hmm. in would be like elderly people that just kind of didn't take care of themselves. themselves. So mm-hmm. uh, to me, it didn't bother me at all. And I honestly, I just really, when we started talking about um, color theory and, um, you know, how color affects, you know, natural pigment and all of those things, um, that really kind of got me excited. So, that's when I started really like loving, you know, just this industry period. That's the hardest part of the industry to understand. It is. But for me, it was really exciting and fun because it, I, I naturally was artistic. I just didn't know how to like put it together. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't know how. You were naturally a creative, but you just didn't know how to be a creative. Correct. Okay. Because I also, so this is another interesting little fact about me, but I was, my strong suit in school was math. Like I was already taking pre-cal. I could believe that. And I just really loved, I I love puzzles and I love putting things together. Like that's kind of like my thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I loved, yeah, just math. I love, it was like a, a game to go home and like see how fast I could do my homework. Like, as stupid as it sounds, like, I was a total, like, nerd. Just to, like, paint the picture for you. I like it. So, I just didn't know how to marry, you know, math and my natural creativity. creativity. Yeah, right, so. right. Because math is very logical and very, like, black and white. Yes. And creativity is very gray. Yes. So, it's, those are two really opposite ways of thinking. That's interesting. Yes. So, uh, I was going to college and I ended up just hating school completely. I was like, this is not for me. I hate this. I was finding that I was leaving class early or going to class late because I wanted to live in the salon. I just felt like it was so fun over there and I loved meeting people and, and doing hair. Mm-hmm. And that was when, um, you know, my dad was like, Hey, you know, like, do you even love, love school? And I was like, not really. Like, he's like, what are you going to school for? And I'm like, I, don't know. I, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. And he was like, well, you, you know, you really need to think about it. If you're spending all of this time going to school, you could be utilizing this time to learn everything there is on how to be the best at doing hair. So if you love doing hair, you, you truly like have a passion for it. You should do that, but learn everything there is about it and, uh, and, and just be the best at it. And that's, and the money will come. Mm Mm-hmm. Always. And uh, I was like, okay. And I thought about it and I ended up dropping out of school probably like a couple weeks after that conversation. And I did exactly that. Every Monday I would go to to some kind of, you know, Sunday or Monday, go to some kind of like educational event. I was always trying to learn, just trying to be the best. I had no mentor really. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of like a, back then it was like, you just had to go to the classes that the hair distributors would offer you. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing that there was available. Mm -hmm. That or hair shows. Yeah, yeah. So, um, New York, Vegas. So, while I was doing these educational events, this is when I found my other passion was I was like, I want to be an educator. 
I want to be like those people. Like that was early on in your career? Yes. Really? Yes. It was that, that, then that's why I wanted to mention that early part was because I was like, oh, I loved hair. But then when I started doing these educational events and going and learning and I would meet all of these educators, I would stay after class and I would ask them like, how did you get to do what you're doing today? And, um, Hmm. you know, I was definitely like a, a Redken girl. That's where I, I had a lot of, you know, I did everything Redken color. It was like all about Redken education mm-hmm. and they call them like the Redken OGs. Um, it's like, you know, Justin Isaac, Hugo, Sam Via, like mm-hmm. all of those people. Mm-hmm. Those were like my educators at the salon centrics wow, or the Maylies yeah. is what they were called back then. What is it? Maylies. Maylies. Okay. Interesting. And Glad they changed the name. so when I started, you know, I would chat with every time I'd see them, I would be like, Hey, how do you get into this industry? What are you guys working on? You know, how do I, how do I prepare to do what you're doing? Right. And I knew from that moment of seeing their passion and sharing what they, their knowledge, I was like, I want to do that. And I made it a goal probably around the age of 20 that by the time I was 40, I wanted to be an educator 100% of the time and I wanted to maybe own a salon. And Holy shit. Yeah. So I feel like now that I've hit that milestone, I'm doing exactly that. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I did know that I wanted to be an educator. Social media? No, that right. wasn't, that just kind of helped me get there. Yeah. But yeah. it wasn't, yeah. So wow. I've always wanted to be I an actually, educator. I did not know that. Yeah, that's a, yeah, I don't think many people go into the industry wondering, okay, I want to be an educator. I feel Mm -hmm. like most people go into the industry because they love doing hair. Right. Right. I've, that's it. Wow. That's, I didn't even want to be an educator. I wanted to do hair. Really? Yeah. And then Kendra came to me and I was like, oh, and I remember that I was just talking about this yesterday. Uh, My manager that I worked with with Kendra, she was like, oh, um, do you ever see yourself not being behind the chair full time? And I was like, no, no, no. I love doing hair. Like I want to be behind the chair full time. Like mm-hmm. I never want to step away. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of want to um, step away and just be an educator. <laughs> yeah. That's wow. That's really cool. Yeah. That, that's really even cool too. Just because you were so like, that was, that was before the industry became the industry, what it is now. So like y- you kind of wanted to go down that path before it became a thing. Yes, because, and so this is, this is why it's really important that when you go to any kind of educational event or you bump into another hairstylist, no matter what their experience level, you should always ask them what their story is. And you take those little bits and pieces of information mm-hmm. and you kind of, it helps form what you want to do for the future. Because the reason why I knew at 20 also that I wanted to be an educator was because not, not only did these, the Redken OGs, like, you know, make me excited about sharing knowledge and, and make me excited about all of that and, like, eventing. Like, I loved all of that. Like, runway, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, photo shoots. Mm-hmm. It was the conversations that I had with other women who were 40 and above that I would have at these educational events. So this is why it's really important to network. And the number one thing I would hear out of their mouth all the time. Like literally never, never. Like not one person didn't say that. Yeah. Was that they, that doing hair really takes a toll on your body Mm -hmm. and that they have a lot of aches and pains. And it's really important to 
be healthy and drink water and, and eat well and exercise. And I thought about that so much. And I was like, damn, I don't want to be 40 mm-hmm. and have to be behind the chair, busting my ass, standing up all day and be in fucking pain. That that was what I was hearing. And I was like, there's nobody over 40 that's like, yeah, I feel great. And I love doing what I'm doing. It was, gosh, you know, like my body really hurts. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to find a better way to do things quicker behind the chair or, you know, how I can work smarter, not harder, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't, you know, they weren't trying to find another avenue of truly how to do hair less. It was doing the same thing just a different way. Efficiently. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not about that life. Like, I want to do something else. I need to have, like, an exit plan. Yeah. And that's, but still be in this industry. And that's when the education, that's when I was like, I want to do education. I want to do, you know, session styling. I want to do, like, photo shoots or if it's, like, doing, you know, working with Runway or, like, yeah, being an educator for a brand, I didn't know what that looked like. I just knew I wanted to be in that role of like leadership. Mm-hmm. I think, wow, like I'm, I'm just, I'm taking this all in. This is all like, this is all knowledge to me. Even though I work with Marilla Dana Dale every single day, and her and I talk, we have a lot of conversations. This is all very, very new to me. And I think my, so as soon as you said, hey, they're in their forties. First of all, this is twenty years ago. Yes, okay. twenty years ago. So keep in mind, this is twenty years. Because <laughs> I'm forty-one now. Right. Oh my, that was loud. Uh, this is 20 years ago, and even 20 years ago, there were people in the industry complaining about how taxing it is to be a stylist. Correct. And I feel like just now, and even so not really, people are just now coming to, like, wow, taking care of my body is actually kind of really fucking important. Yes. And it's been 20 years since you've had that realization. Yes. And we still have not even evolved into... Into, like, what, personally, what I think that being a stylist should look like. Yeah. The hair the hair culture is, really hasn't changed. I will say, like, no, salon like, culture. No, like, listening to that, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. We're exactly the same we were fucking 20 years ago. Yeah, there isn't, there hasn't been, like, this evolution of, uh, like, how, how to properly take clients. If you, if you love doing hair and that's all you want to do for the rest of your career, that's great. 100%. But you do need to learn how to manage it early on by re- wearing, you know, the right shoes. Yeah. I used to go to the salon in high heels, like, yep. all the time. Yep, me too. Because I was like, I need to look cute. Yep. It was, um, a, it was a standard. You had to look a certain way. Like, being a hairdresser, you wore heels, and your hair was done, and makeup, and dresses, and, like... Yes. Yeah. You have, like, this whole image. It's this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. But then the whole culture of being in the salon is not taking lunches, not going yep. to the bathroom, mm-hmm. um, you know, no pee breaks. Mm-hmm. You don't pee until the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You're triple booking clients and you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off. And that's the norm. That's and it's, standard. it's not. It's not. So um, if you're still doing no, 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 that. No, I lied. It is a standard. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying when you go to these educational events, ask people of all different age groups, backgrounds, like what is it that they do? How do they do it? Start learning what, you know, what their path is like. Mm-hmm. And it will show you a whole lot of mm-hmm. how to form. Like, do you want to be there when you're their age? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like another example is I met this woman. Um, she was, I think, gosh, in her late seventies, still doing hair. No. And it's crazy. I just thought, wow, there's no retirement no. set up for hairdressers. So when you when you start looking at all this stuff and you see these people, like, they have to go to work. Like, when your career changes into doing what you love, into 
you have to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And I never wanted to be in that position. And I, and I, I did, I was in that position Mm -hmm. because I was in survival mode for a moment. Right. But you were aware of that. I was aware. Yeah. Wow. And that's what that, you know, you know, taking that road of going, um, from hairstylist into a salon manager role. And then I applied to several hair brands over the course of two or three years Mm -hmm. until I got my position with Kenra. And it was just constantly being persistent of like applying, 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 applying. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I applied to Kenra professional three times. Wow. I got rejected two times and I still applied. Every time the position came up, I was like, I'm going to apply again. I think the one thing that, um, to, there's a lot of things that we could see. This is why I could take an hour to talk about this because there's a whole lot of parts of this conversation that I would love to dissect. But I think the biggest thing to take away for our listeners at at this point is when Morella was early on in the career, in her career there, how do I, how do I word this? It wasn't about, I want what they have. I'm going to push them aside and try to go above them. It was more so asking the questions, community over competition, and just asking, okay, what does my future look like? How can I build longevity? How can I, you know, like you had this positive outlook looking into the career. How can I get the most out of this career? And I feel like what happens today, and, you know, we still deal with it, is they don't, people don't often look at this career as what can I get out of it? It's who can I destroy? Who can I, who can I be better than? Who can I, you know, toss my nose up to? Because it's always been that way though. I, oh, I know, I know, but I'm saying like your person, like I've never heard a stylist who is an OG like you, Mm -hmm. who's been in the game for this long, have that perspective, like Mm -hmm. from the fucking jump. That's because I'm a zennial. Oh God. (laughs) I'm a zennial bullshit. I will say, I tried to spell Zinio and I put Z-I-N, and she had to correct me. It was like, you dummy, it's fucking X-I-N. And I was like, well, I didn't know I can know anything about that. Um, but no, it's it's really refreshing to hear somebody who is an OG and who has been in the game for a long time, excuse me, to say that her outlook on the industry was more so like, what, what can I get out of this industry versus, yeah. um, you know, it, even though you are a black and, like you were a black and white thinker, you truly weren't. You know, mm-hmm. like you, it wasn't such a straight shot. It was more so I have these skill sets. How can I better utilize them? Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't get into your mentality until now. Cause I was also in the, okay, well I'm going to be the best at what I can. And I tried to build a community, but that didn't work. Cause mm-hmm. everyone fucking hated me in my area. Cause I was young and I was good. Um, but I got into the mindset of work, 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 hated my job. Didn't like what I was doing. And then now just coming out here, I've re-fallen back in love with hair because I had to switch how I looked at things. Mm-hmm. And that's why I work with you. That's another question. We're going to answer that later. But, okay. So, you kind of touched base a little bit about this. And I'm really glad that you kind of drew some attention to it. Um, what's your experience with hustle culture? My experience with hustle hustle culture? Um, I don't know. I, I'm like the wrong person to ask that question. Ooh, why? Because I'm all about hustle culture. Okay. Well, well, tell me why. Tell me why. Sell me. Sell me. Sell me on hustle culture. Um, as long well, as. Hold on, no, 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 no. Actually, hold on, no, no, no. 
define hustle culture in your because I feel like okay. you know it, it's differs for everybody. All right, hustle culture is just like constantly working and not taking any breaks, oh, no okay. rest. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like right oh uh, yeah yeah that's also culture okay um i feel like um I'm, i don't know for me i'm all about that life because as long as long as you are happy doing it okay okay so um some people are built for it and some people are not absolutely i agree with that and hustle culture people who are naturally good at hustle culture are true entrepreneurs. I agree. And that's why I'm totally probably going to like get canceled for <laughs> saying all of this because everyone's like, oh, but you know, work-life balance and, you know, uh, mental health and all this stuff. It, hey, if that's, if that is something that's important to you and you need that in your life, mm -hmm. then you're not built for hustle culture. You're not built for, in my opinion, um, you know, gosh, this is going to sound so fucking bad. It's okay. No, no. I've been really <laughs> intrigued not, to hear this. Because... You're not built for, you know, top level entrepreneurship. Yeah. You're just not. Yeah. And um, people will totally hate me for saying that, but it's the God honest truth mm -hmm. because, um, you know, I love working and I work all of the time, as you know. Mm -hmm. I literally, every moment that I'm awake, I'm working. And that's not to say that I can't recognize when I need a day off, mm -hmm. but I literally take maybe one day off a week, mm. maybe one day. If, if, if the one day it is that I'm still off, I'm still maybe, you know, looking through my emails really quick just to see that I don't miss anything or responding to a question. I'm doing a little like maybe like admin yeah, for like maybe 30 minutes or an hour out of that day. And then the rest of that time is literally fun time for me. But... I feel like in order for you to get where you need to be, you need to get the fuck up and, and go get it. Yeah. And because if you don't, somebody else is going to be right behind you, mm -hmm. you know, solidifying a deal. And I, you know, I've kind of talked to you about this, like, you know, you have to ask for what you want. Mm -hmm. And if you don't ask, you're not going to get it. Mm -hmm. And the moment that you skip, you know, asking for something, someone else is going to be right behind you asking that same person for the same thing you're asking for. And then now that opportunity just went to them because they asked before you. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about seizing opportunity. And, you know, to me, it's like if you're young and again, if you're built for this, mm -hmm. you should be working to get where you want to be, to get to your goals. So that way, by the time you're 40 or 50 or whatever your goal is, you can kind of, take a, you know, step back and, and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm at now. Right. Like I've literally hustled my way for a lot of years mm -hmm. <laughs> to get where I'm at today. And now I'm at a point where I'm starting to delegate mm -hmm. that I, you know, I, it's recognizing when to seek help from other people, when to delegate. And that's when the hustle culture kind of like shifts. But, you know, like I have, for example, I own a salon. I have a total of three managers mm -hmm. in my salon. I didn't open this place with three managers. I did everything. I did all of the cleaning. I did all of the ordering. I did all of the payroll. I did all of everything in yep. the salon. And it took me four years to bring you on as an education manager, four years to take, you know, Yadira as a salon manager, four years of training Danielle to do all of my marketing 
emails, social media. And now I'm getting ready to train a whole new person mm-hmm. to take over social media video recording and stuff. So it's, it's, it's lots of pieces and lots of people and hands are inside of the pot. But I do think that in order for you to get where you need to be, you have to, you have to hustle and you're going to grind the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. So you're either, you're either built for it or you're not. Yeah. I agree. And this might be my Kim K moment, but that's just how I feel. (laughs) Mm. No, you literally got, you have to get the fuck up and just do it. Yeah. No, I, it, so the whole idea with the fucking mentality is to kind of debunk hustle culture. It's not saying that hustle, hustle culture is bad. It, did I let it affect me in a way that was derogatory? Yes. Whose fault was that? Yours. Mine. Not anybody else's. Not anybody else's. Yes. Yeah. Um, now. I feel like when people, you know, say that hustle culture is bad, it's because that they are, they're not taking accountability for making it bad for themselves. Yes. And. You know, you have nobody to blame but you. Yeah. And I and I said in the initial video, hustle culture hustle culture is the reason why I am where I am now. Because it absolutely is. Because I didn't know any other way. And I had to look myself in the mirror and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Why, why do I have a back injury? Why am I, like, dead inside? Mm-hmm. And it's not because hustle culture, exactly. It's not, it's not because hustle culture is necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. It's just what you make of the hustle culture. Yeah. Because, yes... In order to be a genuine entrepreneur, self-made, et cetera, et cetera, you got to grind it the fuck out, man. You do. And, and this is, you know, I'm not just speaking about, for example, there's lots of hair influencers that will tell you, you know, it's okay to not post on social for the day, right? Mm -hmm. Which it is. It's totally okay. Yeah. 100%. For sure. It's 100% even more okay for you not to post on social if you are in the business of doing hair. But if you are in the business of doing social media and you are in the business of being a content creator, mm-hmm. not having a post for a certain amount of days can be detrimental to your business. Right. So it's all about what is important for you in your business in that moment. So if you're going to be in social media, that's your job. That's what you decided you wanted to do, mm-hmm. which is what I do. You have to be present. A lot of the time, majority of your of your time, and it's mm-hmm. all about you know prioritizing, organizing, delegating, I was just outso- delegating. outsourcing, yeah. uh-huh. and you learn all of those things as you do it. And if you ask and network with the right people, mm-hmm. because no, like you were saying earlier, no one shares a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. and you know you kind of have to just be open to asking people how they do things. Mm-hmm. I think is the bottom line. Mm-hmm. I, I was really excited about the launch of the fucking mentality because I really wanted to talk about hustle culture and just how it affected me, mm-hmm. but I, I wanted it. It's not that I want people to think I hate hustle culture because I, I don't necessarily hate hustle culture, but it's easier for me to say that I hate it instead of, you know, like that's okay. How do I, how do I word? I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Well, everyone's going to say that they hate hustle culture yeah. because to an extent you, everyone does. Um, but it's, it's all about how you, it's, it's about perspective. Yes. Yeah, it's all relative. It's all relative. Yeah. It's all about perspective. It's about what's important to you. And that's why I say it's, it's, you're either built for it or you're not. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, um, you know, your whole fuck you mentality thing, um, 
kind of resonates with a lot of people that I, I love following on social media. Like, I, I know everybody probably knows who Gary Vee is. He's always known for... You don't know who he is? No. Okay, well, he's, like, a huge mentor um, for a lot of people that want to live on social. Um, he has, like, a huge marketing, like, agency now. He literally has people following him around with cameras, and they post and, and edit all his stuff for him because um, he's able to do that. But he started out... Um, being on YouTube selling wine for his parents' wine store. Mm -hmm. And he knew early on, like, how YouTube could be a huge marketing driver to his parents' business to sell wine. So he would do wine reviews. And um, he just kept doing it. And people would make fun of him for doing a lot of these things because, you know, social media wasn't a thing. Influencership mm -hmm. wasn't a thing. But he just kept doing it and kept grinding and kept, you know, going and now his whole message is he's built this multi-million dollar empire off of his name, Gary Vee, where he is a motiv motivational speaker now. And he's kind of like, get your ass up, you know, you know, you have to do your huge content, make your micro content and put it on this social platform here, 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 here. And these are all the things that you need to do. And then a lot of people give him a lot of shit because they're like, well you have all these people doing it for you. Mm -hmm. But what people forget is where he started. Mm -hmm. He was a one man show. Mm -hmm. And as you start to grow from one man show, you start building a team and you start seeking the help. And then it becomes so much easier as you move along. Mm -hmm. But you know, he's his whole message is like, you have so many hours in the day to get shit done. Mm -hmm. And right now with, you have one life to live, you get one chance at it. You need to fucking hustle. Yeah. And, now people are kind of like, well, hustle culture is dead, but it's not because it's, it's, sh uh, I want to cut you off. It's shifted. It has shifted. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, th I think that is what, like, I was, what was me? And I was like, oh, like my job, blah, blah, blah. Like I blame my industry because you know, this is the industry that we're in, but in reality it was my fault because I did not take the time to like, uh, I guess like really figure out like what's underneath, like, what do I actually want out of this career? That's why I was like, this is really empowering that you figured this out at such a young age and so early yeah. on in your career. I was never dealt, I never dealt with that. Like I never was, I never really thought about that, but now I enjoy hustle culture cause I'm back in love with what I do mm -hmm. and it shifted. Yeah. I've always loved social media, but I also was made fun of and don't post that. Don't post that. Like that's mm -hmm. kind of stupid. Da, 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 da. So then I started naturally hating hustle culture cause hustle culture used to be perfectionism, perfectionism. And it was, yeah. I think of, um, hustle culture is almost like, a. Like a, you can, you can touch it. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. A tangible thing. It's a tangible mm -hmm. thing. Right. Cause if you own a salon, like you do all these things in house. Right. Yeah. But now hustle culture is shifting to being social media, which I don't really feel like I'm working when I'm doing See, that. See, and this is the message like Gary V has. I, I love Gary V. A lot of people don't like him cause he says fuck a whole lot. But oh, I say fuck a whole yeah, lot. Then you're going <laughs> to love him. I'm going to follow him right now. But his, that's his whole message is it has been his whole message. Even when Instagram was supposed to be perfect. His whole message was like, don't post perfect shit. Be yourself. Be authentic because that's what people are looking for. He's been saying that. And so now with the, um, yeah. And now with the whole like, uh, you know, take off of TikTok and people are showing their authenticity, you know, in the perfection of Instagram has kind of died down a lot. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who are successful on Instagram can't be successful on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So because they're, all they know is being perfect mm -hmm. and fake yeah and that that's the whole message that again he's been trying to say this whole time which i've tried to be myself as much as i can be mm -hmm. um 
you know, on a lot of my social platforms. Because you either love me or you don't. Mm -hmm. You either like what I'm saying or you don't. And if you don't, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about who you attract. You know, at the end of the day, you know, there's multi-million dollar, you know, performing, like, let's say Rihanna, right? Rihanna is a billionaire. She makes lots of music. Does everybody like her music? No. No, they don't. And mm-hmm. you know what? She sleeps very well at night because mm-hmm. <laughs> she does not give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just about like, yeah, what's important to you? Mm-hmm. Do you, you're either built for it or you're not. That's just like my take on it. Yeah. And I think like it's, it's kind of sad though. Cause I talked to a lot of young stylists now and I just had a, a call the, with the fucking mentality. Um, and I had a stylist go on there and, and she, and I, I still get a lot of questions even on my, um, my TikTok, like, how do you build mm-hmm. a following? Like, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you do this? And it sucks because there are not a lot of people in our, in, in our specific industry, like I said, that are willing to kind of talk about their journey and how they became where they became like as an influencer, like as an, as an individual, like how you got here, you know? Um, and they are all like, they still think, okay, well I got to get the perfect picture. I got to get the perfect video. And like, you a know lot why of hair people are still like that? Because everybody thinks that being an influencer is overnight success Mm -hmm. and it is not. Mm -hmm. And you know what? And I, I can say this actually. And most brands look for that. Look for what? Perfectionism. Most brands are looking for picture, perfect, edited, beautiful, gorgeous models, just fucking facetious as fuck shit. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. And, and then that's what you have to decide. Is that what you want? Or is, is that, that what you want to do or, or do you not want to do that? And unfortunately, and I can also say this, um, most of our industry is saturated with that. There is not a lot of companies that I found personally, I found yet, um, that are the opposite. I can agree and disagree with that because, okay. um, everybody that I have on my page are real people. Right. Me too. And they're not models. Now. Um, I probably have like five percent models, mm. like actual models, <laughs> like people. Oh, who... like your actual page! Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so everybody that I've had on my page are, you know, women of all ages. Um, you know, I wouldn't say uh, that everybody on my page is the most beautiful person or even the ugliest person, right? Everyone right. has like their beauty is a... beauty is your own standard. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I would have to say when I've worked for the brand that I work for now um, or that I'm sponsored by, um, that's not they, – they like that about me. So mm-hmm. it's a matter of finding, like, a brand that is okay with you sharing that. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I um... – And that becomes part of, like, your brand of, like, mm-hmm. who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a, a bunch of perfect beachy blonde models on my page. You know, mm-hmm. that's not my brand. My brand is doing real people. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I t- and see, that's what I'm talking about. And you know what? There's absolutely nothing wrong with people who do that, but it does create a sense of insecurity for other people because often clients are going to look at this and be like, well, I'm not pretty enough to sit in their chair right. or stylist or like, I'm not good enough to do this kind of work. So it, it, yeah, it really... And see that, that brand actually, it does carry over into Rebel Femme, the salon Yeah. into, because I, I'm all about, you know, embracing 
your own beauty, right? So the whole memo how, is breaking beauty standards. Yeah, breaking beauty standards and, you know, embracing your individuality. Yeah. Like, what it is that makes you feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. If that's, you know, shaving half your head and, you know, doing black and white checkers on your head. I don't know what that looks like, right? Yeah. That makes you feel like you, then let's do that. Let's, let's go. embrace it. Right, let's do um, it. If it's just a few highlights, if it's just a haircut, like whatever that looks like. So I feel like I've I've tried to, you know, transfer that brand somehow into Rebel Femme. You, you just, truly have. Yeah, you really. So that way people feel comfortable when they come in here. And I think, I think I... As a as a um, as a stylist that's newer newer to the industry, like I'm only you know ten years whatever, um, I wish that there were a lot more of that. Like it, it's unfortunate, and I, I mean you know my personal journey with this whole thing, it sucks because yeah, there's a lot of stylists that really want this like big lifestyle and they have they want this following and they want all these things and they go after like the pretty stuff like the stuff that mm-hmm. is so aesthetic pleasing whatever, um, and the underdog, often gets shit on mm-hmm. because it. It's just not, like, the society perfect thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just, I, that's why I wanted to do this podcast, and that's why I have the fuck you mentality, is because I, I would love to create more of a community that it's more socially acceptable to be yourself and to do what genuinely makes you happy mm-hmm. versus trying to fit a standard of something that you will always fall short on. Yeah. Always. You always feel I, hollow inside. I think the the bottom line too is to know that the hair industry really has not changed because it still stayed competitive, whether in the hair space or online yep. space. And even though you might meet people that hmm. um, have that you know perfect brand that is aesthetic pleasing, perfect, right, mm-hmm. off on the outside, they're not going to. It's a shithole on the inside. <laughs> they're not going to. They're going to tell you how. Sh- yeah, they're not going to tell you how to get there because. It's your, your competition. Your, your competition. Yeah. And you can I don't, be prettier. I don't have that mentality because I was told by some really great mentors. Again, this is, goes back to in my twenties, talking to the right people. Mm-hmm. The one message that, uh, has always stuck with me is there is enough hair and skin to go around. Yeah. So there's absolutely no reason for you to be competitive with the salon down the street or even the hairstylist in your own salon. You don't own your clients. And at the end of the day, there is enough people, billions of people in this world Mm -hmm. for you to make over and do their hair. Mm -hmm. There's enough. And you, you won't do what they like. You're not, you're not everyone's stylist. So like how you might do the exactly the same look that I just did, but your client might like what I did. And my client might like what you did, even though we did exactly the same thing. Correct. Because at the end of the day, also, people go to you for you. They don't go to you because of how good of a hairdresser you are. They go to you because of your personality, yeah. because of how you carry yourself and all these things. So you you are what you attract. Yeah. And and, we, and we've experienced that here in the salon. There's been yeah. lots of times where I've, I've taken on a client just to kind of help out the salon with overflow. And my intention is like, hey, I'm going to get them started. And at the end of their appointment, I book them with another stylist. And then they don't like that stylist yeah. because they want me to do it, mm-hmm. right? So they're, you're you're going to have that. Mm-hmm. And again, no need for there to be competition. Um, right. Like everyone at the table needs to eat. Yeah, exactly. Everyone. There's no point in trying to take some, di- some side dishes from somebody else just because you want it all. I mean... Why would you, you know, what are you going to gatekeep all, all the food? It's yeah, gonna exactly. Go, it's going to get moldy. Exactly. And it's going to go bad. What are you going right. to do with that at that point, you yeah. know? Um, gosh, I could literally go on for hours about this whole topic, but 
Um, thank you for talking about hustle culture. I think to, to kind of summarize hustle culture, hustle culture is exactly what you make of it, right? In order to be a genuinely successful entrepreneur, you got to bust your ass. You got, you just, you're self-made man. Like no one pays your bills. You do. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the, the biggest thing to understand with hustle culture too, is you, you have to make it what you want. You don't have to let it consume you. Correct. You don't have to be hustle culture, but hustle culture in reality is the way to be successful. Right. And I still work, I still work 24 seven as much as I'm like, Oh, work life balance. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't really have a point to have it, but yeah, there's a lot of shit that I want to get done. I mean, I said I wanted to move here by 26. I moved here at 25, not because I was sitting on my fucking ass. Yeah. You know, it's because you love doing it. Yeah. I do. And that's why I say some people are built for it or not. It's different. And it, it comes from passion. It doesn't come from greed. Right. It comes because you, mm -hmm. yeah, it comes from passion. Like you truly get up in the morning and you're like, I can't wait to work on A, B, and C, mm -hmm. you know, wh whether it's your website, whether it's your social media, whether it's packaging, logos, um, branding, marketing, whatever it is, all, if all of it sounds fun to you every single day, then and you do it, it's, it's just like, it, it becomes like, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I look forward to it. Mm -hmm. Same. I, I don't, mean, I don't go like, Oh, I have to do this. If you're in that space, then you're just not built yeah, for not. entrepreneurship. That, or you gotta, you gotta shift and do something different, you yeah. know? Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, I've been up since four 30 in the morning. Cause I was so fucking excited about this fucking podcast that yeah, I've been awake since then. Anyways. Um, so thank you. Thank you for talking about that. Appreciate that. Don't cancel me. No, 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 no. no. You, everyone has to remember. Yes. Hustle culture is bad, but not when it comes from a place of passion. That's, that's the, I think that's the difference. Yeah. Um, so my last question is if you could give any advice any advice and I'm talking anything, what would you give? What's some, okay, here we go. This is a better way to put it. What's something that you wish you were made aware of like early on in your, in your career? All right, Marilla, sell it to me straight. Give me, tell me something, tell me something nice. Hit me like one of my old French girls. I think, um, <laughs> gosh, I don't know. This is a hard question. Okay. Um, what, Okay. Okay. So if I, someone's on social media, what's something like, what's something that's imperative to social media that you have applied to your business and like, what's advice that you could give about social media? Cause you're the social media queen. Honestly. Okay. This is, I, I tell, I feel like I tell everybody this when they ask me about social media, Okay. especially when they're getting started. Um, but don't be afraid to take risks to be able to use it as a measuring tool on what exactly you should be creating. And what I mean is, for example, when video first came out on Instagram, everybody was so scared to put video mm. on it. Remember when it was just pictures? I don't mm -hmm. know if you were, I don't know, were I, you alive? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was alive. So so on Instagram, you could only post square photos. Yeah, that was and, the only thing you could do. shitty quality and there was fucking filters. And yeah, it was yeah. so bad, yeah. So when video first came out, everybody was terrified to do video. They were like, how is this, how is video going to do anything on Instagram? And, um, I, I was told by multiple influencers or people who were, I get what the, the word influencer wasn't a thing yet. I think, okay. I don't know, but I got told by a lot of people who had large amount of following, you know, don't do video yet. Cause that's like cheesy, you know, you got to keep it like aesthetic, aesthetic and branded, Ooh. blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Cause you couldn't even pick like a cover photo 
for your video. It was just like, you posted the video and that was it. The screen grab could have been fucking atrocious and you just had to deal with it. Exactly. Um, but I didn't listen to that. I was like, you know what, let me see if this video actually does something. And I remember posting like about, I don't know, three or four videos and over the course of a few weeks. And I got told by a bunch of people like, that looks really cheesy on your feed and that little, you know, it's like totally like talking shit on my stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I found is the more that I would post these videos, um, you know, you can use that as a measuring tool to see if people actually were like, coming to your feed. Um, I don't know if analytics was like a thing on social media just yet at that time, but you could at least see how many like people viewed your, your video. Mm. Um, and so that kind of gave me like a little bit of insight to what I should be posting on social because the views told me how many people were like coming to my page, if that made sense. Hmm. So I think that was just something that, you know, a lot of influencers at that time weren't really like paying attention to right? because the amount of profile views or um, anything like that. So in, in each, you know, social channel is going to feed into each other, each other. Yeah. So, you know, being present on, multiple channels as best as you can, especially when you're a one man show, which I did for many years. Um, but I started seeing this like correlation to like when I would post on Pinterest to my Instagram feed to, you know, my Facebook page. I wasn't mm -hmm. on YouTube quite yet at that time, but mm -hmm. you know, there was definitely like a correlation between those and even my website. Mm. Um, I think, you know, utilizing those measuring tools to really pay attention if, you know, what you're posting is actually working. I would say, you know, don't be afraid to take those risks and post something with the intention of doing a, a making it a test market, basically. Saying fuck it. Yeah. Saying fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Try it. Try it and see if it works. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, readjust. Right. Adapt and overcome. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good piece of advice. And that kind of, it correlates with the fuck you mentality because... The biggest way, the only way you can grow is to take a fucking risk. I mean, if you continue doing the same thing over and over again, you're just going to continue to keep getting the same results. So you got to break the barrier. You got, you know, you got to, you got to get the feelers out. You got to see what else is new. You got to see how to expand. Cause yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll meet a wall where you can't grow anymore. If you keep doing the same thing, I mean, cool. Yeah. If you don't want to grow, but if you do, you know, take that risk and yeah. do something, do something that scares the shit out of you. Absolutely. I think that's where influencers even today have kind of like hit a brick wall because they're so used to creating this perfect content on Instagram that they don't know how to be authentic, authentic. and real mm -hmm. on TikTok, And so their TikTok's not growing. And you know, I think that that has a direct correlation too with the whole mental health movement. And I'm not shitting on mental health because I genuinely do believe in mental health. Um, but I think that that culture has created the mental health movement because they had to live in this, in this bubble, mm -hmm. this, this lifestyle that wasn't real, that now life is all about vulnerability. Life is all about authenticity. Life is all about being the genuine person that you are, yeah. but they don't know how. Yeah, they don't. Cause they don't know who they are. <laughs> I have to agree that yes, because people are so uh, worried uh, about. Yes. What other people fucking think. Exactly. So they, they're like, oh shit. I can, I can say on social media that I like oranges. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can. It's like, <gasps> or even just know? being on social media without makeup. That's like yeah. a huge oh thing. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I, I'm notorious for 
looking like I roll out of bed. The amount of times I've been told that my hair looks shitty. Oh my God, do same. <laughs> on my TikTok. Literally. Cracks me up because I'm like, am I not allowed to have like a day where I'm working in my office and look like shit? I'm not going to wear, I'm, I don't put makeup on every day. That's not who I am. Yeah. So I'm going to be myself on, you know, my TikTok, on my stories, like wherever that looks like. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, that's... But at the end of the day, it's just about, like, don't be afraid to take risks for yourself. Don't worry about what other people say. Bingo. For yourself. Keyword, for yourself, not for other people. Yep. at the end of the day... They don't live your life. One day they love you. Next day they hate you, bitch. But both days I got paid. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Right. <laughs> I have lived my life to that mantra since I was in fucking high school. Yep. And look where I am now. So, now Marilla gets to interview me. Okay. There's your I your questions are right here, my friend. Can you read that? Um Can you see yes. It? You sure? Yeah. Squint it out, boo. <laughs> <laughs> when did you realize you wanted to do more than hair? Um, I okay, so when Kenra approached me to be an influencer or not influencer, sorry, uh, a brand educator. I was very apprehensive because I didn't know about education. I didn't know that there was another role with that. And that was kind of, I mean, this is like three years ago. So social media was definitely like on the rise for sure. Like it, I feel like we, as hairstylists, we've grown into this education field now. Like there's a lot of micro people like me. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized I wanted to do more than hair, uh, when, oh, here's the fucking tea. I realized that I wanted to do more than hair when my person that I thought would help me grow my business and to expand my career and be the next step in life ended up royally fucking me over. And this was, this was another hair influencer. Correct. This is another hair individual, not Mises, um, that completely changed my entire outlook on the hair industry. That was in 2020, November. It was in November of 2020. That's when I realized I'm fucking done with this industry because I was, I was portrayed this, this beautiful, magical experience that was going to be so incredible for my business and so incredible for my career. I was going to flourish and all these things. And then for all of it to literally come back and bite me in the ass. And, and I'm not talking like a little bit, I'm talking like a lot of it, like life altering changes. Um, that yeah, I had to take a step back and I had to fucking reevaluate for a couple months. Like, am I, am I supposed to be doing this right now? Like, should I be behind the chair? You know, it, it really made me question like, Am, am I in the right industry? Like, even though I've been here like my whole life, um, I don't think I am. So then I realized like, that's when the, the hustle culture mentality shifted. You know, it wasn't about taking the most clients and being, you know, the best behind the chair and like all these things. It made me realize I have a lot more to offer than just being a stylist. And I want to do it on social media cause I love talking and I love being on social media. Um, and even like being ridiculed by all my friends, quote unquote friends, mm -hmm. saying like, oh, like that's that's so lame. Like you shouldn't post on social media. And I'm like, well, oh, I, I really enjoy it because I, I make all these connections with people. Um, and before I was like doing hair stuff, it was I was I was creating connections with just like like my clients on, on social media. I'd post quotes. I'd go on rants. Like it was always it was like this thing, and it was just who I was. Mm -hmm. um, and I really liked that. But then I didn't realize that I could do both. I could be a hair a hair person as well as a quote unquote influencer in the same realm, you know, mm -hmm. 2020 is when I merged my business account and my personal account. It was, uh, right before I met you. 
like yeah i'd say like right before i met you i yeah i was looking through the photos the other day it was yeah it was 2020 it was like july of 2020 yeah wow it's only been two years not i shouldn't even say two years i'd say it's been like a year and a half so you knew then that you wanted to live more on social at that time yeah okay because of what that interaction did yeah and just kind of it really fucking shook me up <laughs> like i there's lots of there's lots of people like that in this yeah, industry for sure it fucking shook me up mm. and it's not and, to say that that and, person is bad because mm -hmm. they're not they are different strokes for different folks right but mark my fucking words people that live like that always fall flat and you know the, the 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 hair influencer world is so small, so everybody knows who everybody is at the end of the day. Yep. And um, you mm -hmm. know, I I can kind of share this little story here, but I had found this barber, for example, on social media that did amazing work, and I had my son go to this barber because my son was looking for, you know, it was a very specific haircut. Yeah. So I took him to this barber, and this barber like. First of all, he charged a lot of money, which was totally fine. We're willing to pay for it. We knew what the price was beforehand. And rightfully so, because he did amazing work. Yeah. And I can't barber. So right. I was like, let's take you, give you an experience. It ended up being like one of the worst experiences for my son because he went to this guy who is totally just full of himself. Mm -hmm. um, just extremely like cocky and and didn't even want to give my son the time of day really and wow. which one Jaden or um... Jaden yeah my oldest one oh. and literally talked shit to him to about him to another barber that was sit sitting right next to him and was like man I need to start charging extra for people coming in like this not getting their hair cut regularly because my son's hair was a little bit overgrown how old was he this was like last year so he's fucking 16 years old? You're saying he's that to 16. a 16 year old? Yes. Oh my God. And, uh, so he got his haircut and he left and I asked him like, Oh, how did, how was it? And he was like, Oh, and you know, my son's telling me all of this stuff. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, had I been there, mm -hmm. I totally would have said like, something. Yo, man, what the fuck? So the reason why I'm bringing up the story is because of how small the hair world is mm. because I brought up that barber to another barber friend of mine. And he said, oh, yeah, that dude, we don't fuck with that dude. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those influencers, they didn't talk to brands. And they, they mm -hmm. so, you know, everybody just knows everybody. So mm -hmm. it's just, it's all about being, like, kind to everybody on social at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, unfortunately, there's lots of arrogance in this, you know, industry. And mm -hmm. it's just a matter of finding the right community for you. And... I like what you said with what goes around comes around, basically, mm -hmm. because this community is small. Yep. I didn't realize how small it was, um, but I also was humble enough to not say anything to anyone. And I still haven't. No one knows. Only people that are listening to this that, that even know what I'm talking about know me personally. Because um, I'm not the type of person that's going to be like, oh, you know. Yeah. And even there's another side of this, even the other people that knew about the situation or didn't even know about the situation they work with this person and the original people were even they didn't even know anything that happened between mm -hmm. between us 
Um, and they really valued that because at the end of the day, it's only my problem. You know, it right. happened to me. And But it's unfortunate because there are a lot of stylists that I'm sure if they got put in that position, they would have quit. Like, they would have been done with hair. Yeah. Because it is... It makes you feel really small. It does. It truly <laughs> diminishes your value. And it's unfortunate. But... I, I thank them because they have, they, they reignited my fire yep. and they gave me my reason back, you know, like, why am I in this industry to not allow fucky ass shit like that to happen? Okay. So I <laughs> <laughs> go on and on about that. Let's go on to this next question. Yeah. What is the biggest lesson you've learned since working with me? Mm. Hmm. Mm. That is a really tough question. Um, Okay. What's the biggest, what's the biggest lesson I learned? <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, you, I only ask you that because you always say that I have taught you all these things and I don't really feel like I've taught you shit. <laughs> Ma'am. Um, what is the biggest lesson that I have learned? Honestly, it's teaching me how to stick up for myself. Yeah, I think that's, I think you, I lost my backbone for a while and you put it back in. You kind of like re-solidified like who I am, you know? Because that, that interaction, I completely, like I said, I questioned, literally, fuck, I questioned my existence because mm -hmm. I was hair, you know? And I think like being in this space, in a space of no judgment, in a space of helping and um, one thing that I, I would take to the fucking grave for the rest of my, like, I love when you said this to me and it, it solidified how I, how I felt is when the first day that I ever worked with you, I was helping you with a project and I had to, I had to show you a couple of things mm -hmm. and <laughs> a lot of things, a lot of things. <laughs> I had to show you a couple of things. And, you know, first of all, I was humbled because a, I was working with Marlo Minnelli and I just valued your opinion and like how you looked at hair. I barely even knew you at this point, but helping you with this thing. And you said to me that that was the first time you've learned something from someone else in a really, really long time. Yep. <laughs> and uh, dude, I like that just lit a whole, whole new fire into my ass because it meant a lot to me that someone that I look up to that I value, like I value what they say, what they breathe, live, sleep, whatever, looked at me, little old tiny me who became a pebble and said, hey, no, like, I really, I really value what you offer. You know, I want to put you in this position because I learned a lot from you. Yeah. So I think the biggest lesson is I, I am a, like, I am good at what I do. You are. And you're, I, you're amazing at what you do. I am. Yeah. And it, but you know, it's hard to say that sometimes, especially when you are in the, in, in an industry where yeah. other people are constantly telling you otherwise and doing, doing things to make you not believe that. So yeah, I, I'd, I mean, I don't think if I was in this position now, I would not be able to release the fucking mentality. I would not have the, the balls to do it. Mentally, I do. Mm -hmm. But, like, physically, I didn't. Yeah. And now I, I could just fucking care less. Like, if you if you don't like me, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what the fuck to tell you. Yeah. This is who I am. And that's not saying that I won't compromise people. You know, it's not like the I am who I am. Like, I don't like that movement. But either you listen to me and you value what I have to say or you don't. Yeah. And that's okay. It is okay. It's okay if you don't value that because there are people for everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a... That's so funny. I kind of forgot that I said that to you. Oh, I did But I, I remember it now. I remember it like it was fucking yesterday. It plays, no. in my, it plays in my brain every now and then. 
You did. Because uh, cause here's the thing. Like, in the education space, especially with, like, brands and stuff, if I could be completely blatantly honest, shit is so gimmicky sometimes with, like, oh, let me show you this new trick. And I'm just kind of like, okay, I've seen that, been there, done that. And it's, I hate being in that space because you, your career kind of dies or your creativity dies when you stop learning. Yeah. But when you work on the other side of things, it's, you know, you get exposed to a whole mm. lot of stuff. <laughs> and, you know, when someone comes at you and is like, oh, you know, try this trick of flicking the hair and blah, blah, blah. Like, the shit you see at hair shows, sometimes it's just so, it's literally for a show. It's cheesy. It's, it's cheesy. Yeah. Or to be like, I was really inspired by the sunset. And oh I made, God. like, I'm just kind of like, okay. Vanilla cupcake inspired hair. <laughs> <laughs> that literally makes me want to vomit. I just don't buy it. I just don't, yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe sometimes in some things, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's just, again, it's so gimmicky. And so when you came to the salon and I'm just going to say, uh, what Lisa was showing me, she was showing me, um, hair extensions and, uh, hair extensions is, uh, I've, I've done them before, but it was not something that I'm at any way like great at. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Lisa was a lot more seasoned in it than I was. And I've been taking lots of hair extension class. I think I had already taken like probably three or four in that year just so I could like feel more confident in it. And I still didn't feel 100% certain in what I was doing. So when Lisa came in and she was like, Oh, you're just going to do this. She, the way she like simplified it for me, the way she was explaining it to me, I saw like a true natural educator out of you. And I was just like, wow, like this is the first time I actually learned some shit from somebody mm-hmm. in a really, like I had to, I had to vocalize it because yeah. I, I, I got excited. Right. That's what it was. It was like my excitement of I'm learning something. Cause it's hard for me to be in that space now mm-hmm. because I feel like I've seen so much. Right. You've learned a lot. So yeah. Yeah. Learning. And it's funny that you say that too. Cause I feel like after that too, it was like how many more people can we get in here to do extensions? And now like we've, mm-hmm. now we've created this, this thing where we collab and we do huge makeovers, you know, we're both learning about lighteners and God, people's hair and freaking how not to ruin it, but also how to, how to create new looks with extensions. It's this whole thing. Um, but yeah, that's, I really valued that because, um, you know, being in a position with another individual who I also valued um, to be degraded you know, it was refreshing mm-hmm. to come into a situation where I was a little apprehensive, obviously, of trust issues. And I told you that. I told you very, very first time I ever met you, hey, this is what fucking happened. Um, and, yeah, I just find a lot of value. And whenever you give me praise, quote, unquote, because you're hard to please, but for a reason. <laughs> but for a reason. It comes with it comes with good faith, good culture. Because, yeah, you've seen it all, man. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's not that you don't appreciate shit, but it's, like, to wow you yeah. takes a lot. Yeah, I would have to say that. Yeah. I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I, but I value that because, it like, it's not that you undermine people, but it's, you give the credit when the credit's due. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't ever let that go unnoticed, you know? Like, you'll praise people when you genuinely are like, holy shit, wow. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'd rather that instead of, like, every day, why are you doing such a good job? Because, like, at the, like, are you, am I really, or are you just fucking saying that? Yeah. You know? So, Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to this next question. What did I write down here? Where are we at? Hold on. 
Okay, so oh. we have um, one more question. Hold on. All okay. Right. Me so, my last <laughs> if you could give any advice to someone who was in your shoes 12 months ago, what would it be? Ooh. If I could give any advice 12 months ago, 12, where was I a year, a year ago? Excuse me. <laughs> Burped. Um, you know what? It's very, okay. So if you guys don't know this, I'm very, very spiritual and I believe in signs. I believe in the universe. And it's really ironic that we're having this podcast right now because, uh, 12 months ago, that is when, uh, my spinal injury was at its peak and it was, it was just not getting better and I, I couldn't get help and I just was in so much pain. I knew that something had to shift. Um, and I think if I was, if I knew the knowledge I knew now, 12 months prior, and for anyone who's listening that is in, you know, position, whatever, I can't fucking talk. Um, honestly. All right. Last question. And you're going to have to edit the other crap out. Yeah. I am. Okay. I know. Last question. If you could give any advice to someone who was in your shoes 12 months ago, what would it be? Okay. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, 12 months ago that, um, the peak of my spinal injury. And if you guys don't know about the spinal injury, uh, basically I wrecked my spinal cord because of my muscles. I don't know. I'll have to spare you guys the details. Anyway, so it was at the peak of the spinal injury and I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing with my life. Um, and I, I really love doing hair, but obviously I had to make money, but I couldn't because my back was fucked. So that was partially where the shift started happening. Like I obviously, I wanted to make money. So the shift went into expanding the salon. Cause that was, I'm thinking of two years ago. I'm an idiot. Either way, six months ago, I'm, I can't think, I can't even, I don't even know where I was six months ago. I don't even know who I was six months ago. Um, if, you know what? If I could give any advice, <laughs> I know dude, I, I like can't even, I like, I can't even think You're, cause I, I literally, I don't, I don't even know who I was 12 months ago. I okay. don't even know who I was six months ago. But if I could give any advice, mm -hmm. listen, just listen to everything that's around you. That's a, that's the <laughs> advice that I have. If you, if you feel like you've hit rock bottom or if you feel like something is just not right, you just don't know what it is. Fucking listen, listen to the people around you. Listen to the signs around you. Listen to, you know, every day, what be, just be aware, be mindful of what is going on around you. Um, because just 12 months ago, I, oh, I know where I was 12 months ago. Oh my gosh. Yes. Just 12 months ago. That's when everything really started to kind of click and it started to, I don't, I don't want to say it makes sense, but it, it, everything started like falling on top of each other. Cause I wouldn't fucking listen. So, and it was romantically, it was career wise, it was relationships, uh, my family, just a lot of things that I kept ignoring because I just wanted everything to work. You know, I just wanted everything to be perfect because everything was perfect. It was so, it was great. Everything was great. I wasn't happy though. I was fucking miserable. Um, and that transpires into my spinal injury, into my dietary habits, into me taking care of myself. And that's where I was blaming hustle culture. Cause I'm like, Oh, I just work so much. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, at the end of the day, it was me. Um, so if I could give advice to someone who was in my shoes 12 months ago is fucking listen, be mindful, be 
aware of what is going on in your life and stop blaming other people for your bullshit. Because it, it's you. It's you who has the unsolved bullshit. It's, it's no one else's problem but yours. Um, and unfortunately, with, with that realization, it comes with losing a lot of people in your life. And that's okay. 100%. That's totally acceptable. Not, not, there's no such thing in permanence in life. I, per I personally don't believe in permanence because whether or not people want to grow with you, that is what decides the permanence. Not a piece of paper, not because your mom, your dad, not because you've been friends for 10 years. It doesn't fucking matter. If people actually want to grow with you and they mm -hmm. want to see you fucking thrive, mm -hmm. they'll grow with you. Absolutely. Morella didn't know me from a hole in the wall and she put a bunch of faith in me because she just saw it in me, you know? And I, I didn't expect anything out of her. I, I mean, hell, I was, I was expecting the same thing that happened in the last time to happen to me again. But it didn't. And why? Because I listened to when the universe, and I, like I said, I'm very spiritual. The universe was like, hey, I think you need to get off the beaten path that you think that you want to be on. Mm -hmm. Take a risk, like Morella was talking about, and just fucking go for it. And it's the growth. I always say pain is growth and growth is never comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, success isn't always this really linear thing. There are always going to be challenges and loopholes and things that you have to go through. And nothing's easy. No, nothing good in life is easy. And that's why I think that's why people shit on hustle culture so much because it's hard mm -hmm. and people don't like hard. They like easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's okay to live a life that's easy. Yeah. But don't shit on others that don't. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's not, I, I would never judge somebody for working a nine to five. That's on you. But I, I just, I'm too creative. I'm too passionate. I am, I'm just all these things. And when I finally switched the hustle culture mentality, when it came from this sense of I have to hustle versus I love my job, mm -hmm. that's when everything, that's when I started becoming aware, you know, yeah. and I, that's 12 months ago. That's when, I mean, fuck, now that I'm really thinking about it, I wasn't supposed to be living in California until two weeks, a week from now. I wasn't supposed to be living in California until a week from now. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And I, once I shifted that mentality, I finally called Morella and was like, hey, I actually, I think I want to come out early and I want to come out in July and I want to transition. I want to spend thousands of dollars and fly <laughs> back and forth from California to uh, Delaware every two weeks and I want to do that. And she was like, you're fucking crazy, but okay. <laughs> and that was the biggest risk I've ever fucking taken in my life is flying back and forth from East coast to West coast, grinding it the fuck out here, grinding it the fuck out in Delaware and just keep grinding. Um, and it, I mean, it's paying off. It's, it's working. I'd it say. Is. Yeah. Um, I think you're doing extremely well. I'd say. For where you started not even a year ago. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Seriously. I didn't, yeah, I didn't start here until, uh, two days after I turned 25. It was, mm -hmm. uh, uh, July 19th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you see where I'm at. Yeah. You're doing big things. I'd say. Yeah. A little bit. Had a lot of people to let go of. Had a lot of expectations to let go of. Um... Yeah, it's just embrace the journey for what it is and just enjoy it. Don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, do things that make you really uncomfortable. I still have a, a lot of anxiety going out in, in public places right now because th there's a lot to do in California. And when you're from a place that literally has fucking nothing, it's so daunting. 
Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want to do something, but I'm like, what is there to do? There's so much to do. There is so much to do. Um, but that, you know, there's an underlying You're on vacation every day here. Every day. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so expensive here. Mm-hmm. I'm literally on vacation and every that's okay. fucking day of my life. Hey, I <laughs> I happily pay my rent. It fucking hurts, but right. I happily pay it because I, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm happy here. Like even I don't know, just collectively. Yeah. I hope that I hope that advice resonates with someone. That was a, <laughs> that was a long spiel. Yeah. Anyways, um, so this segues into a project that I'm forcing Marella into, whether she likes it or not. Um, and I, th- I think it's a project that's much needed. I yes. just need to, I need to dedicate the time to it. Yes. Because Marella, and this is why I was really excited to have Marella on my podcast because Marella also has a lot to offer that I don't think she sees, and. I, Morella was, is a really big advocate for looking at people and finding their best traits, finding their best qualities. And that's how, that's what I've seen. That's, that's the key to success is mm-hmm. it's not necessarily about, you know, hiring this person and then forcing them into a position. It's more so hiring a person and kind of looking at them and seeing how they work and saying, okay, well you do this really well. So why don't I hand this to you? Mm-hmm. So now I'm in that position with Morella and She's an incredible individual, but there's one little thing that I think she, A, would have the upper hand on, and B, people would really benefit from. Like, she always says that she doesn't teach me shit. This motherfucker, I, ma'am. <laughs> it is common knowledge to you? I didn't know anything. That is a fault of mine. I assume that everyone knows everything that I know. And she, she'll just, like, randomly go on a tangent and just let out all these truth bombs. And the whole group's like, what? <laughs> you, how do you know this? And she's like, you don't know that? Yeah. Like, what, are you kidding me? And she'll, she'll tell me, hey, so I researched this thing for 16 hours yesterday. Do yeah. you want to know about it? I'm like, yes. Tell me. Because <laughs> that's just who she is, you know? Yeah, you got to read, man. You got to read. You got to pay attention to what's going on. <laughs> do you hear her? <laughs> Whatever is going on you see why in your industry. Literally one of the best teachers on earth. <laughs> Um, so yes, we, I'm forcing her into this project because she really needs to tune into this. It is going to be very beneficial for anyone who is looking to grow their business in a very unique way. I don't want to give too much. I don't even want to say how. Um, but the, the things that, that I want her to showcase are things that no one, A, no one talks about and B are not really common knowledge. It's common knowledge to her cause she's a psychopath. Um, but she has a lot, she has, she is a lot more than just a hairdresser. Let me just say that. And my, my biggest goal is I always want to be more than just a hairdresser. Like that was like a big, that was a big flip for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to die. People are like, wow, you did really good hair. You know, it was more so like, wow, she was a really great person. Um, would you have that? But that I'm, one I'm, little side. Mm-hmm. I'm more into entrepreneurship. I would say that. Yes. And that's, that's the difference. It's like, I, you know, that's something that you want to do, do more of. And I don't want to say just do hair, but if you love doing hair, that's, that's amazing. Cool. Mm-hmm. I have, I have stylists here that love doing hair and that's all they want to do. And I'm all about supporting that and embracing that. Um, but yeah, if there's, you want to do more than hair and I'm talking about, you know, entrepreneurship, genuine um, being like being genuinely self-made, genuine self, yeah, self-made mm-hmm. and just future uh, growth, additional revenue streams, mm-hmm. um, taking it to the next step. Yes, 
then that's, yeah, that's what I think that I'm going to create. Yeah. And I would say if you want to know more about that when it does launch, mm-hmm. you need to sign up for my email list. Yeah. So you can go to morellaminelli.com mm-hmm. and sign up for it there. And I promise it will, that's, that's who's going to see it first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the email list people. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's before I go head to social. <laughs> well, it'll be on my social cause I'm going to promote it for her. <laughs> Uh, so if you guys want to know about it, you don't mind. Um, well, you know, it, I think this has to do with um, really you because you were my I was my your, test subject. I was your, or, yeah, I was your uh, dummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was your dummy. Indirectly. Yeah. No, accidentally. No, seriously. Yeah. Because yeah. that was the reason why I came out here was because I wanted to expand this thing. Yeah. And we both were like, okay, what does that look like? We're like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and every day it's something new. Like every day we talk and we're talking about God knows what. And she's showing me something. And she's like, hey, don't, don't, don't post this thing yet. Cause I need to show you this thing that's going to help that thing. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> she's like, don't, but don't post it. Just wait till I show you. I was like, okay. Yeah. You got to set up everything you do for success. See, this is, this is, see. And it's not perfectionism. No, 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 no. Not, not by any stretch. Yeah. <laughs> um, Everyone's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? I know, I know. I, I like, I literally, I don't want to say, I don't want to say anything. Like, I, I, I think. There's an art to, there's an art to this industry, man, that literally not a goddamn person talks about. And if there's one of you that knows someone that is talking about what I'm talking about, then great. But I doubt you know what I'm talking about because I don't even know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mises is, she's going to do it first. (laughs) Good old Misa Rooney. (laughs) We'll see. No. It's you. It will. All right. Um. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode of the fuck you mentality. I hope that you guys um take all this with a grain of salt. You know, don't. My biggest thing is don't don't just take what we say and run with it, or don't take what we say and do literally. Take it and run with it. It's a tool in your tool belt. Um. This is a perspective from someone who's been in the game for twenty fucking years. And who was in the game before social media became a thing? Um, that's why I personally value a lot what she has to say because she sound old. Well, you know, <laughs> um, she has a lot to to offer um, on the opposite spectrum. So to know both is really cool. Um, yeah, check her out on on socials. I tag her all the fucking time in my shit. So <laughs> um, Morella Manelli across everything, right? TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, YouTube. I have a Facebook page, but don't use it. Okay. And um, it's MarellaMinelli.com too, right? And MarellaMinelli.com. Everything is Marella Minnelli. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yep. Mises Minnelli. <laughs> no, not Mises. <laughs> Marella. <laughs> Misa Rooney. <laughs> yeah, check her out. Marella Minnelli. She does. She posts her daughter. She posts tutorials. She posts, dude. She... Sometimes, sometimes I look at her. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't have children. And you have a whole family. And the shit she produces, man, I'm like, how? I, I don't know. I feel like I'm still not doing enough, but. <laughs> People that are watching this on YouTube, if y'all saw my face, I'm going to zoom in on it. Man. man. Anyways, thank you everyone for, for listening. Um, stay tuned for the next episode. Goodbye. You going to say goodbye? Goodbye. <laughs>